you know, when somebody dies that the soul is eternal. And even as a person of science, from the soft evidence, I do believe that the soul still exists even after people have passed on. So yeah, I really felt like they were there visiting, checking in. Yeah. Amen to that. I don't think we have to revoke your doctor card for that. That's why I'm always like, are they going to revoke my doctor card for getting weirder and weirder? Welcome to the No Cap Health Show, a podcast inspired by Dr. Brian Boxer Walkler's popular TikTok channel with over 3 million followers. Each week, Dr. Brian will pull the curtain back on viral TikTok health videos and label them as cap, false, or no cap, true. Even if you aren't on TikTok, now is the time to get on board, have fun, and join his podcast. Dr. Brian is a board-certified eye surgeon specializing in advanced LASIK, keratoconus, wider eyes, dry eyes, cataract surgery, and reading vision improvement at the Boxer Waffler Vision Institute in Beverly Hills, California. Also, please remember, Dr. Brian is a doctor, but he is not your doctor. He is here to provide general information, not medical advice. So you should always check with your doctor before relying on any information. And by the way, if you ever have any questions and want to ask me, I guarantee I will be able to respond. Go to Cameo, either the app or .com, and I am on Cameo now. So I will for sure 100% respond to your DMs. That function is in the lower left of the screen. Welcome back to the No Cap Health Show with my guest, Dr. Amy Lawson. And we're continuing our discussion about dreams. So we had a lot to talk about, and she's great and fun and so knowledgeable and can really help us understand what our dreams mean. So we're going to dive back into our conversation. So check this out. Well, I guess it's time for me to share a couple of my dreams and see what you have to say, if you're up for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so first off, I was in college, and and by the way, this I feel is more of an out-of-body experience than a dream, but I'll let you decide. We talked about out-of-body experiences in my book, Perceptual Intelligence, that I had published a few years ago about psychology and perception versus reality. And there's one chapter about out-of-body experiences. And I shared what happened. So I was in college. I was a rower on the rowing team in incredible shape. And I was in my dorm room and was sleeping and then had this vision where I saw myself lift up from up to the ceiling. I'm looking down at myself sleeping. And then I just know I have this knowledge, this innate knowledge that if I go off in the distance, like it's going to be some amazing experience, like maybe heaven or something like that, but then I die. And if I go back into my body, then I'm living. And I had this decision and I remember saying to myself, I have so much yet to accomplish. I mean, I'm just in college at this point. So like I'm wanted to be a doctor and et cetera, et cetera. So I have so much to do in life. So this is not my time. And I consciously went back and then woke up and remembered it. And the thing that's interesting about this, Amy, is that normally when people wake up from dreams, it's pretty hard for them to remember them. And even if they do, that memory kind of for some reason fades and it's hard even to look back and remember unless you wrote it down. That's pretty typical of dreams. But this experience is still incredibly vivid and 
it doesn't seem like it was the typical dream because it was so vivid. And people have written about and reported out-of-body experiences and studied them. So what do you say about that one? Whew, okay. There's a lot to unpack in this one, too. I love what you said about often we don't remember dreams as well. And so I totally agree with you. The fact that you remember this experience so well is really important. That's your psyche, your unconscious, yourself being like, this is important. I'm going to be sure that you remember this. I'm going to be sure that this makes an impact. Because I think that often these messages from our unconscious, you know, they try to make the most emotional impact on us possible so that we pay attention. So then there's the question of out of body experiences and is it real? Is it a vision? Is it a dream? I mean, no, no one knows for sure. To me, it's not so important to know because no matter what we classify this as, it's you communing with a deeper part of yourself, it seems like. Would you agree with that? I mean, hard to know. I mean, at the time, I felt like, look, if I went off in the distance, because I'm looking down at myself, which has been reported when people have near-death experiences. And that's a very consistent, and I know there's debate whether they really are near-death experiences, but nonetheless, the commonality of that report when somebody, let's say, has a cardiac arrest or some terrible accident, and they've sort of clinically, and they've been verified to be clinically dead, which is very different than my experience that I'm describing, but when they're clinically dead, they have this report a lot of times of looking down at the emergency situation of getting CPR and the paddles and trying to bring them back to life. One case in particular I remember reading about in research for the book was somebody in Europe this happened to, they threw his dentures in a certain drawer in the crash cart, which is the emergency cart that has all the life-saving equipment that they run into a room when somebody has cardiac arrest. And after they revived him, Nobody knew where his dentures were. And so he said, you know, I was looking at the scene from the ceiling down, watching everybody reviving me. And I saw you take my dentures and put them in that drawer. And they went and they checked. It was in the exact drawer that he described. And this was actually written up and published, I think it was in one of the major medical journals and his doctor actually published it as a case report. So my experience wasn't dying. It was just, it was, I mean, it was the opposite. I was in such good health and, and, and shape, but I did really feel like I was looking down on myself from the ceiling and had that decision tree. Do I go back in or do I go off to heaven or whatever you call it off in the distance? There was no white light though. That's so interesting. Those are the kinds of stories, the guy with his dentures that, you know, would used to have driven me crazy because I tried to be all scientific and only believe the things that I can explain. And life just isn't really like that. And I've come come to grips with that. And this is really a metaphysical question more than a scientific one. We're not really going to be able to prove. I don't see how we would anyway, whether these are really near-death experiences or not. But the commonality seems to be between that, other near-death experiences, your description of your out-of-body experience, it's kind of pulling yourself out of yourself and taking a more bird's eye view and realizing that like this body is just a container. And sure, medicine likes to focus on that container, right? I mean, we basically treat our bodies as like cars that we take to the doctor, like we would take our car to the mechanic and please fix me. But I don't think that's all there is to us as humans. I think the body is the container for much more for our self, our unconscious and our conscious, our soul, you know, whatever words you want to use for it. 
And so I think that these kind of experiences are us somehow realizing and seeing that we're more than just this body that contains us. And that's what I see in your experience. I mean, I'm not going to say whether it was a dream or, a, you know, it, this was an experience that you had, and I don't really care if it was a dream or a vision or what. And we have no way of knowing. Exactly. We have no way. I mean, even if we had you hooked up to an EEG and an fMRI while you had that, we still would have no way of knowing. Um, we can talk about that in a bit. But but the but the the point of this message to me seems to be like you could see that you had this body as a container. You were in great shape and like there was all kinds of stuff you were doing with it and the rowing and you had so much potential. And there was also another choice of transcending that and going on to something else that was perfect and special somehow. And to me, the point of this experience was making you choose to go back to your body. It was like somehow your unconscious wanted you to commit to like this life and this world and taking care of the body and achieving your goals. To me, that that would be the point. If you were looking at it from a Jungian perspective, that would be the point of this was to force you to see that there really was a choice and for you to make that choice. And I would say the way I've lived my life since then, which has been a number of decades, because I'm 55 now and maybe I'm like 22 back then, is that I've really been dedicated to my profession, been dedicated to having goals and you know, working to achieve them, and then also staying really fit. So even though my rowing career in college ended, I still stayed in shape and was really committed to being in good health and learning about good health too. So I can see there's some you know, validity to what you said when it comes to that dream. I would, I mean, I think we still call it a dream at the end of the day, but I think that resonates. Yeah, I think that that's all, you know, you have to look for the the message of like why your unconscious sent you this. And often it's because it wants you to feel an emotion that you're not feeling in waking life or like yours. It's wanting you to see a choice more clearly that you're not seeing in a waking life. Your experience reminds me of like a lot of the things that people talk about when they have psychedelic experiences where they, you know, have a bigger perspective view all of a sudden and they see themselves as a small part of something greater. And I think that's a recurring theme in people's dreams or imaginings or visions or whatever is in this world that forces us to think that we're so separate from everything. I think there's always such a need to feel part of a greater whole and a greater meaning. Now, how about this one? This was another dream of mine that I'll describe, and I think people might be able to relate, but both of my parents have passed, and I don't dream about them often, but I've had one dream that I had that I can recall with my dad, and then a separate dream with my mom. And my dad was interesting. In that dream, he was actually in my office visiting, not as a patient, but just visiting. And um, I don't remember what my mom's dream was, but I remember she showed up in a dream once. So what would you say about having past loved ones show up in dreams? I think there's a couple of different possibilities for this too. And because you were using some of your Examples, I'll, I'll use my own as well, because I've dreamed of my mother a few times who died about eight years ago. And sometimes when I dream of her, it kind of more feels like she's a placeholder. She's a mother, but she's like, you know, representing mother in my dream. She's representing that archetype, you know, because because my unconscious is trying to talk to me about my mothering side or my feminine side or something. But sometimes 
and I think you have to trust your gut and your intuition on this, it really feels like it's the whole real person. And I've only had one dream where it felt like my actual mother with her whole personality and her whole being. And it happened for me when I was in the middle of my master's work classes at this touchy-feely, woo-woo, depth psychology school that I don't know that my mom would have understood or been okay with if she had still been alive to see me going. She just, I think, would have been confused. But I had a dream that I was driving in my car, and I was the one driving along a road overlooking the ocean, and my mom was in the back seat. and. It was like sunset time and it was beautiful. And she said, I'm so glad that I was here to see this. And it just felt like her. And to me, I do believe that that was my mom in some way coming back and letting me know that she understands what I'm doing now. The fact that this dream was at the border between land and sea, it was a it was a road overlooking the ocean. That's a very borderline place. So land represents your conscious and water is often the unconscious. So like my school is metaphorically a place between land and sea. It's a place where I, you know, can go and learn more about the unconscious. And my mom was with me in my car that I was driving with me in my persona. And she just gave me this, you know, short message of of approval that she got it. And so I think I would never try to talk somebody out of it if they tell me their loved one came to them in a dream and that's the feeling that they have, then absolutely. Um, but there's also, I think, dreams that use those people as symbols of, of something more generic. So my question is for you with your dream of your dad visiting you in your office, did it feel like the whole him? Did it feel like it was just talking to you about a father? No, no, no. It was definitely, I felt like it was him. Definitely felt like it was him. Well, I can't prove it, but I have no problem believing that that was really him visiting you and checking on you. Yeah. And I, my mom also, I felt like it was her too. I don't remember the dream, but I just remember she came once as well. And I personally believe, and this is a, a belief, clearly it's not something we can prove or disprove for that matter, that you know, when somebody dies, that the soul is eternal. And even as a person of science, from the soft evidence that I've seen, because there's no hard evidence, we don't have a device that can actually detect the soul like we can for infrared or UV rays. But I do believe that the soul still exists even after people have passed on. So yeah, I I really felt like they were there visiting, checking in. Yeah. Amen to that. I don't think we have to revoke your doctor card for that. That's why I'm always like, are they going to revoke my doctor card for getting weirder and weirder? But like, I know science is always about proof, but there's also parts of life that we can that, that are more about faith and belief. And I don't necessarily mean faith in some specific church, but like there are things that we have to have faith in because they're never going to be proven or disproven. And I think the earlier in life I would have come to terms with that, the healthier I would have been. But instead, it took a midlife crisis several years ago to bring me here. But I got here finally, so it's okay. And I love the example of gut feelings and the research on gut feelings and intuition because nobody can really explain how it works. But There's been so many studies in so many areas that when people listen to their gut feeling or intuition, more often they're right than wrong, even in things like investing. And that's been proven too. So that's one of those soft things that has good research behind it, but yet is a little woo-woo, but science is sort of backing it up. And if people are open-minded, then they can really potentially benefit from listening to some of those studies. Yeah. And to me, if you really want to get down to it, I think dreams are 
fancy gut feelings. There are things that we really can feel and believe and that we just, we know we're supposed to pay attention to them somehow. There was a New York Times article a week or two ago, and it kept referencing the fact that like humans have believed in dreams as omens for thousands of years, almost as like an embarrassing kind of thing, you know? But it's only now that scientists have been starting to try to understand them and and there's still debate about whether dreams mean anything or not and yet this whole thing bothers me but I don't understand why we in our I don't know hubris or something would be like well now for the last 100 or 200 years we have science and we have the scientific method so we are the only ones that can know are we really going to erase thousands of years of human knowledge where people just intuitively understood that dreams were important and be like, well, if we can't understand them with science, then clearly they're, they're just nonsense. Because that's what I was taught when I was growing up, is that dreams were just, they were nonsense. They were our brains throwing out the trash every night, the stuff that we didn't need. And that's so sad to me, because as soon as you start paying attention to dreams, there's so much meaning in them. And when I get on Reddit, there's always people who have posted, I just woke up from this dream. It feels so important. I had to write it down right away. Somebody help me know what this means. Like people wouldn't do that every day, all day, if there wasn't some inherent meaning to dreams. And so scientists being like, if we can't fully explain it, then maybe dreams are just nonsense, which still gets written about a lot. Or maybe dreams are just us rehearsing behaviors for later oh, it's just taking all the richness out of it. And it just, it, it really bothers me because our guts say dreams are really meaningful and we should pay attention, especially the ones that are like really emotional or the ones that we remember, like you were saying. And I think that's enough. And a reminder, if you have any questions you want to ask me, you can always DM me via my Cameo account. And I promise I will respond. It has a standard little disclaimer. Oh, there's no guarantee a response. But I'm telling you, I guarantee 100% of the time I always respond to my Cameo DMs. And also next week, I'm going to be playing a video that talks about foods that actually take minutes off your life and foods that can add minutes to your life based on a study. And we will see if those foods are cap or not cap. So come on back next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to the No Cap Health Show. To review the show notes for this episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, and any links mentioned, visit nocaphealthshow.com. Don't miss another episode and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to follow Dr. Brian on TikTok at Brian Boxer Walkler, MD. And remember, Dr. Brian is a real doctor, but he is not your doctor. He is here to provide general information, not medical advice. So you should always check with your doctor before relying on any information.